You're listening to Portfolio Builders, a WealthCap Holdings podcast about long-term wealth building and financial independence. Oh, my goodness. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, uh, Devin, welcome to your very own investor interview. How does it feel? It's really exciting. Um, it's it's fun. I mean, I've done a lot of these on the on the other side, but um, I thought it would be fun to turn the tables a little bit and let you grill me um, and hopefully not embarrass me <laughs> in front of <clears throat> millions of people. <sighs> it's going to be a great interview. Are you nervous? No. No, I'm excited. No, no I'm excited. I should know the answers to these questions. So there's, um, I don't think there's anything to be nervous about, but I do have a feeling knowing you um, that you're going to ask me something really embarrassing to try to make me turn red. Um, oh yeah. Just it's for your true. own entertainment. Yeah. Which there is we prob- go. We'll- that's, that's probably why you ran back over to your office. So I wouldn't be able to throw things at you in case. Well, my office is pretty nice. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it is. It's nice and it's warm. It's warmer than the studio. I know. And right now in Nashville, it's so freezing cold, you know? I don't know what to do. All right, here we go. I'm pulling this up, and then we're going to get rocking and rolling. Um, Everyone, if you're just hopping in, welcome to the Portfolio Builders Podcast. This is where we, uh, we talk, we shake and bake, we go back to before the investor was a baller like Devin. Devin is uh, our resident investment expert, and she is actually, you closed last week or two weeks ago on your first WealthCap property, not your first property. Right. Or your first WealthCap property. Right. Uh, so she sold a house to herself at a discount and thought I wouldn't <laughs> catch it, um, but I did catch it. I, how much of a discount did you give yourself? I actually did not give myself a discount. There was an error in the system that ended up Mm -hmm. being. (laughs) It wasn't me. It wasn't me. I swear. It wasn't me. It was street matter. It's his fault. But it ended up being a a 10K mistake in my favor. I I would have bought it no matter what the price was. Let me let me take a little uh, deviation. People on here being like, "quote error." Exactly, that's how I feel. It's like an error. It was a, a convenient mistake. When uh, when we started WealthCap in what was it? Uh, early 2019, mm-hmm. probably April or May. Um, you know, we did it so that we could build our own portfolio. We have partners back in the day. I'm just giving people some backstory that I'm going to get into the embarrassing questions. So you have a, a couple seconds of reprieve. Um, we did it so that we could build our asset base because if you're like a lot of our clients, you kind of have the income thing figured out. You are generating income either through a business or a performance oriented job, a career but we didn't know what to do with the money. So we had some strategic partnerships and long story short, they didn't work out the way we wanted them to. So we said, you know, I don't think anybody can build a business with the same standards that we can. They're just going to take this in house. And we had no, like I had background in real estate. Chris had background in real estate, but we we were so far out of the day to day. I had never sold a property ever. Not once in my life. (laughs) And there was this, uh, there was this person on the sales team for TF, and 
I was like, hey, she's probably one of the only, don't take this the wrong way, females, women, I respect you. But like, this is probably one of the only women that's been on the team that's like, could kill me in a fight. I'm scared of her, uh, which doesn't happen often. This is a little feisty, a little like, I don't know how tall you are, four foot seven. She's a little, <laughs> little baby thing. And she would just come into these sales meetings. She would like beat everyone up every morning with these goals and what she's doing and tons of energy. And um, I was like, you know, and then I found out that you were from Branson and Branson was one of our real estate markets. So I was like, Branson, what did you do in Branson? You're like, I was a real estate, uh, whatever, expert. No, you were a, a realtor on Branson yeah. and an investor. And I was like, look, I've got this thing and it's called WealthCap and it's really small right now but I have some vision for it to get big. Would you want to come over? And she started crying, lost it and came over. And it was, I think it was one of the best decisions for her, but it was one of the best things that happened to us as well, because um, what you have built, and I know this is supposed to be an interview, but I'm just going to honor you for a second. What you've built has been without a lot of funding, without a lot of resources, you just kind of come in and whipped up a department. And now you're flipping 10, 12, 15 per month for the business. And so everyone that knows you loves you. I feel like it's a problem actually, because some of our clients like you more than they like me, which for me, I've had to get over. I'm kind of like, whatever. I'm the one that buys all the houses, but forget it. Have fun with Devin. Uh, but thank you for being on the team and thank you for bringing your best to the team. You're a hundred percent and everybody knows it. So with all of that said, don't cry. I'm on the verge right now. I'm holding them back. <laughs> Hold it back. Uh, let's dive into this deal that you just acquired. Let's maybe even go back and give people a little bit of insight. Because uh, when you came on the team, you already, I think you already had your own house. So talk to people about a little bit of your investment experience, where you came from, how you learned. I'm going to shut up for a minute. And so you can teach. Yeah, totally. Um, so I sold a business in like 2013, 2014, I had a lump of cash and I didn't know what to do with my life. So I bought a house to renovate because I thought it would be fun. Uh, and in the middle of that renovation is when I decided to get my real estate license because it, it was, it was kind of a nightmare, but I loved the chaos. So I flipped that first property. It took me about a year and a half. Cause I, I did the work on it while I lived in it. Um, it was brutal. But that's kind of what gave me the bug to get my real estate license. And then I started working as a realtor and just pounded the pavement, knocked on doors to build a book of business in Branson. Um, I had no idea what I was doing when I got started. But over time, I kind of developed a niche for working with investors. Um, they were non-emotional. It was just about the numbers. Does it make sense? I had an eye for, uh, you know, figuring out what a property would rent for and how much money could be spent on it to do a light, like a really light blush and mascara kind of rehab, not like a full gut job like we do. Um, so mm -hmm. then I ended up starting a property management company because there wasn't really a good service provider in, in the place where I was. So my first house I bought for 130K. Um, I think I put like 35K cash into it, but like 18 months of my time which doing the math, you know, I overspent on that property because of how long it took me. I'll never do that again, ever, ever, ever. Uh, but now the ARV on that property is like 200. I have great tenants in it. It cash flows and I'll keep it forever. Um, 
So that was like my first investment experience was one that I did with my own two hands. And then I started working with a lot of investors, um, both short and long-term rentals, um, you know, figuring out which areas were good, identifying deals. And um, I had the property management company. So I was kind of a one-stop shop just on a really, really small scale. Um, the property management company taught me a ton and gave me more uh, like cluster headaches than any <laughs> other experience in my life. It was brutal. I, at any given moment, I had 50 tenants and 50 owners that all had my personal cell phone number. Um, and oh, wow. I wanted to jump off a bridge. So <laughs> when I moved to Nashville, yep. like I walked away from my real estate business, property management business and all of that, I moved here to start over and um, wasn't really sure what I was going to do. I honestly thought I was done with real estate. Uh, I was, <laughs> but God had another plan because he brought me here. Yeah. You came because you came in for a sales for TF. Yeah. 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 Not real estate at all. Just sales. No. Yeah. I wanted to do something different because like there were things that I loved about the real estate industry. I loved helping investors find deals. I loved talking about, you know, the passive income that could be made with real estate investment. I did not like doing showings at seven o'clock on a Sunday evening. Um, I didn't like having no control over my life anymore. So like those things I wanted away from in terms of my professional life. So I, I just didn't, I didn't know, like, this is my dream job. I've seriously, I've won the lottery in life a couple times. I didn't know that you could have this kind of a job in real estate. You know, I work mostly, mostly Monday through Friday. I do. I mean, I answer clients when they call or message, you know, on the weekend and stuff because I, I do love them so much. Um, but I don't have to run around and, and they send you chocolate. I know. They don't do anything for chocolate. Yeah. And they send flowers and stuff. So, you know, I can't, I love them though. I love them so much. I want to make the experience as pleasant for them as possible. Um, but I really have like won the lottery in life, getting to do the things that I love so much with real estate and not having to, you know, run around on Sunday nights. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to move on to the next question. If you're just hopping in, welcome to Portfolio Builders. We're streaming this to the TF group because we don't want you to be poor. That's the moral of the story. And I'm on here. So, you know, yeah. you got you to gotta show up. Here's, you know, one of the things I've always thought about, and this is for the TF group and uh, any other group this is being streamed to. You know, when I started in 2015, by the way, this is Devin. If you haven't met Devin, she's an amazing member of the WealthCap team. I'm interviewing her because she disclosed on her first WealthCap property. But I want to encourage you, if you're listening to this, to ask questions and participate. In fact, you should just type participate in the chat right now to prove that you can follow instructions. Why is that important? Because if you follow people who are successful, then they likely have a playbook. They have a, a, a trail of secrets that they leave in their wake. And when I was coming up in the industry, internet marketing, real estate, no matter what, interesting, uh, what industry it was, one of the things that I decided to do was I'm going to capitalize on the information in these people's brains. And one of the things that I love about Devin is she's an open book. She will probably answer more questions than I will. You ask her a question, 
She's probably going to tell you the truth. And so leverage this time. You've got about 20, 30 minutes to ask questions. If you've been trying to get in the game, you've been trying to get in real estate, you're trying to fix your income, no matter what it is, uh, make sure that you use this time wisely. Don't just be a spectator. This is not Netflix.com. Anyways, Devin, next question. Why the house that you selected besides the rounding error that you put in the system of $10,000 I didn't. Uh, besides the mistake, the mistake that worked out for a cheaper house. No, I'm just kidding. Um, why did you select this one? Why did you pick it? You have every property eventually makes its way through you or your team at some point. Uh, so you have your pick of the litter, sort of. You just only have to compete with me. But why did you pick this one? Tell us about it. I I picked this house um, mainly because it was it was a larger home. It was a five bedroom, and given the price point. The error, I swear to you, was was on the input. It was Street Matters' fault. But anyway, whether it was 115 or yeah. 125, still, it was a five-bedroom home. Um, seeing how large it was, I knew that there was really good potential to be able to maximize that rent, especially over the long term. Um, in general, there are fewer five-bedroom properties on the market in any given market than three bedrooms or two bedrooms. Um, so I felt like for the long, long term, that was why I wanted that house. And uh, okay. the projected rent was eleven to twelve hundred, which was going to make it, you know, a really good return, which I was happy with. Um, and then when I, you know, I looked it up just really briefly on a map to see where it was, and I saw the proximity to a school, like within a block. I just felt mm -hmm. really good about it. Also, I do really like older homes. It's kind of been a dream of mine to own a home that was built in the early 1900s. It's been restored. And this helped to fulfill that dream without me having to do the dirty work. So this one, it was where, partly- Where is it? Casey, it's in St. Joe. Very good. It was partly numbers, but a little bit emotional because I have always wanted an old Victorian home that's been restored. So, um, yeah. What's the address? It is 2101 Washington Street. Twenty-one oh one Washington. Don't you worry about that. Are Don't you? worry about a thing. So I'm going to look at this deal you got. You can't buy it back from me. It's the deal is done. So, <laughs> but after, after I decided, yeah, I want this house for myself, put it under contract, let our property management partner know, Hey, this one's coming down the pike for me. Um, they actually let me know like, Hey, we think we could push the envelope on rent because of where it is. Um, which that was, you know, that was a bonus. Isn't she cute? Is this it? Yeah. Taylor's got the pictures pulled wow. up. So keep going. So what did it end up renting for? Uh, over, over the projection around 1300. Wow. And what did you buy this for? 115. Oh my God. Results not typical. Well, like that's the disclaimer for the audience. Like that's not, <laughs> it doesn't always work out that way, you know, where you can get over the rent range. Um, yeah. 
but sometimes, I mean, sometimes it happens. Sometimes you get less, but sometimes you can get more. You can't bet on getting more, so, but if it turns out that way, you know, bonus. I'm going to pull up some progress pictures here. It was a full gut See, job. Nobody wants to do all this work. Nobody no. wants to do this. I'm just telling you, if you think you want to do this, bless your heart. I'm sorry that you haven't figured out you don't want to do this, but this right here is just exhausting. So definitely don't want to get into that. And that was a mistake you made on the first one, correct? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And not only did I do the work myself with my own two hands, mostly I did it while I was living in the property. Like I literally had, uh, I had grout haze everywhere for a long time. There were like sand particles in my coffee for <laughs> probably six months. Wow. It was, it was never ending. And if you think about how much time I spent doing that, I didn't save any money. I didn't save any money yeah. at all. Uh, okay. So I learned you bought this house. You bought, you bought this house for what was the original it was 125. Yeah. 125, $1,300 a month rent. Um, do you have financing on it? Yes. Okay. Was it a uh, conventional or commercial? It was commercial. Uh, this is the first time okay. I've ever done a commercial loan for myself. And mm -hmm. like the process was different. You know, I did a conventional loan for my, for my first house. Um, but right now, like last year, because I was moving to Nashville, I turned away a lot of business. I didn't make very much money in 2019. So my, my debt to income is not all that great. So I didn't really have the option of doing a conventional loan right now, but I had the cash and I have good credit. So I went ahead and, and went in that direction. I had to make a bigger down payment. Um, the interest is higher, but it still yields a really good return. You know, the cash flow I think is around 400 bucks positive after taxes, insurance management and all of that. So how much did you put down? Uh, the down payment was 25% of the 115. And then that particular lender collects three months of principal and interest so, in closing. So I think the cash that you're I brought- 17%, You're 17% cash on cash on this deal-ish mm -hmm. on a commercial, which is insane. Commercial, yeah. you're gonna see like eight to 12 because of the 25%. It's a 75% LTV and then higher rates. Yeah. But I didn't so care. So it's pretty good. Like I, I'll take 8% if I can make the acquisition right now when it, where I'm in a position that I, I just don't have the tax returns to get a conventional loan. I can't do yeah. it. So interesting point. Let's, let's delineate real fast for people. Um, a conventional loan is typically going to be secured against income. Um, this is where you're typical 30 year fixed. Um, you've got like, there's all sorts of different loan programs, but conventional is the typical one. And it's, you know, Fannie Freddie and it's, you can only have 10 of them. Mm -hmm. I think or this, this is the, this is the way it was a couple of years ago. A conventional loan is really uh, debt service cover coverage. So it's like, it's secured against the asset. And if you have an asset they can pay for, the mortgage on the property plus profit they look at that it's 
called DSCR. It's that debt service coverage ratio. Mm-hmm. And so what she's saying right now is that um, she hasn't always been a millionaire. And so uh, last year's tax returns don't reflect the baller status. Mm-hmm. And so this is an option for you, which is amazing, actually, because if you're an entrepreneurial person, typically what you've been taught is like, man, write off everything you can, get your income as small as possible. And then you get screwed on the back end when you start wanting to get assets. And so what commercial funding allows you to do is loan against the property, mm-hmm. even if you don't show two years of incredible income. And so we have those connections in-house, which is another reason why I think what we're doing is really special is we've created and catered towards an entrepreneurial market, even in the lending programs that we're partnered with. Would you agree with that? Oh, totally. And that's one of my one of my favorite parts of my job is when I hop on calls with investors is most of them want to invest in real estate, but they have absolutely no idea how to make it happen either with the deal, like that's one whole thing or the financing. Like they don't, they just don't know what to do or where to go or what they, you know, what they can and can't qualify for. Um, and I'm kind of like a matchmaker of the investor with the house and the lender to help them figure out what yeah. can work for them. Okay. Touchy question. Let's yes. Go there. Oh dear. Um, you're our first, you're our first female investor client. Mm-hmm. Well, we have one in the fund, but you're our first single family purchaser. Who's a female. Yeah. Our main, our main advisor is a female. Yeah. You're a female. Yeah. So you would think that we would have more. Why don't we? Why are you the first over a year in? That's a great question. Um, I, I ask myself a lot, like, why don't we have more women investors in our group? Um, and I think there's a few things. Women tend to be very, very risk adverse. Uh, I think it takes women a long time to feel comfortable making, you know, this kind of a big financial decision. Um, we did have one single female investor that went under contract and then had to cancel because of, you know, something that happened with her job. So that's one thing. Also, um, I just don't think there are very many financially independent women. And that is something that makes me very sad. Uh, I think that a lot of women wait around maybe to get married, to figure out their financial future. Uh, but I don't know. To me, that's not a great plan um, because if I, you know, if I wait to to get married to start building my financial future, like I don't know when that's gonna when that's gonna happen. You know, why not put something in place yeah. for myself now? And if somebody comes along and we can we can build together, that would be that would be great. Um, so I think a lot of it is fear, um, lack of education. Women are very risk adverse, and maybe we just haven't we don't have enough exposure. I'm trying to remedy that and like let women of the world know like it's safe for you here. We got you. I got you. I will claw somebody's eyeballs out to make sure that we take care of you. I do that for all the dudes. Teresa. Yeah. <laughs> Teresa says a man is not a plan. Thank you. Can I get a yes and amen? It's not a plan. The thing is like we need we just we definitely need more women voices in the marketplace. And there's a few that, that are amazing. Um, you know, the the woman who's invested in the fund, massive platform. 
like we just need more of that and <clears throat> i think it's so cool that you know none of our other companies have like like they have girls on the sales team but they don't have any like leaders like sales team leaders who are women so i think it's cool that wealthcap is that thing for us where it's a platform where you can get that mess out you can help us build because let's be honest there's not a lot i'm gonna be able to do about that because you're a bro I'm a, dude. <laughs> I'm a bro feel me i am a bro i say it all the time but it's like you know it's not going to come across the same way if i'm like yeah women you know yeah but i think yeah. it's awesome that you have that mission and you have you're beginning to have that platform as well because you're on other shows outside of portfolio builders you know? Yeah, I just spoke um, at a women's real estate summit just a couple days ago. Was that last week? Today's Monday. Yeah, that was last week. Um, I'm so busy. I think it was last week. What day it is. Yeah, but I was invited to speak at a at a women's online real estate summit, and I think we had around 500 people that were watching the live stream. Um, mm. And it was just about educating women on how to invest in real estate. And I got a ton of messages after that. Um, because I think that's for women, it's a it's a big thing being able to build trust. Um, yeah. So just translation. She's like, I'm gonna sell a lot of houses after that. All those messages. I will. I think those women, it'll take them a longer time to convert than some, you know, some guys. But um, yeah. I don't know. Hopefully, well, I would like we'll to see. see it get even in there. Hey, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. Um, what, bringing us back down, back to the, the real estate topic, yeah. rather than the gender topic, um, I can get in trouble if we stay there too long, you know. That's I good. get it. My life is hard. It's, I mean, it's harder because I'm a man, okay? Like, I gotta put yeah. up with so much. See, <laughs> there you go. I'm in trouble. Okay, back to real estate. <laughs> um, what, what, what are some of the risks that you're the most concerned with, you know, right now, not necessarily just attached to this property, uh, but just in the real estate market as a whole. I'm asking you this for the crew watching, because we talk about this a lot. If you guys should already know this, me and Chris are like very risk oriented, where it's like, I want to know everything that's going to happen in November, 2022. Mm -hmm. That way we can prepare for it. So Devin, you've been on the team long enough, not only to kind of get that into your DNA, but also being on the front lines, what are some of the things you're seeing coming up that you might be concerned with that people need to think about, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, great question. Um, no, first of all, be aware of what the risks are. When you're investing in real estate, whether it's with us or somebody else, or you're doing it on your own, whoever you're talking to, if they're not completely upfront and honest with you about, these are all the things that can go wrong and might and how it will affect you, then, you know, I, I would seriously reconsider whether or not you wanted to make that move. Um, one of the biggest, I'm not really concerned about it because I've planned for it. With any real estate, there will be maintenance over time. Uh, the home that I just closed on, it's an older home. I am very aware that older homes do have more maintenance didn't change my mind on wanting to go through with it because it's, you know, I wanted an old Victorian home that's been restored. So I just know because that house was built in like 1902, there's a higher probability that I will have more maintenance over time because it's giving a 17% right. return. I don't care. 
because I can factor the maintenance in and still make a really, really good return on my investment. Um, and I just know that I have, I have to have some money set aside for when those repairs come up um, and hedge for them, save the positive cash flow. Don't spend all the money. If your down payment and closing costs come to 25K and you've got $25,500 in your bank account, this is not a good time for you to like make this move. You know, don't use your last couple right. nickels. So I make sure that I have plenty of expenses to cover those things. Finding tenants, I'm not really concerned about. Evictions, I'm not concerned about. Um, and I think that is because of my experience in the industry, because I've dealt with all of those things, with unruly tenants, you just ask them to leave kindly and you can usually get another renter in easier than if you evict and go through that whole thing. Just ask them to leave, break their lease, let them go, start over. Um, yeah. I'm not worried about it burning to the ground, it's insured. So really just making sure that I have the proper allocation for repairs when they come up uh, that's probably my biggest hedge, but I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm worried about it. It's just very matter of fact, this is a smart thing to do. Just set it aside. Matt. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Um, one more question. Crew, we're going to take some questions from you too. If you have any, there's a couple, uh, drop them in. Don't feel dumb. There's no dumb question. Uh, we'll answer anything you got. Uh, Dee, what are your long-term real estate goals next couple of years? What do you want to accomplish with your real estate empire? Honestly, as many acquisitions as humanly possible is my main, that's my main goal right now. I am going to focus on purchase prices that are lower, um, probably 130 and under. Most of the ones in Casey and Birmingham, I can probably pick up deals like 100 to 115 in Charlotte, when I see deals that are at the lower end of our range there, I want to scoop them up. I want to copy the wealth cap strategy in all three markets. So I've got one. I have one under contract right now for Birmingham that I'm going to close at the end of this month. I'm not going to tell you which one. Uh, so, you know, try to buy it back. <clears throat> you know, you know, I can get it if I wanted it. I can get it. Bro. You just said we earlier. Should we you take just, a bet? You just said earlier that you were afraid of me. Yeah, that was just for the audience. So let's take a bet. If your money's on me, being able to get this property back, you want to? Yeah, let's take a bet. And anybody who's watching, okay. keep in mind, hey, if question. you bet on Taylor, I control the Good inventory. Question. Yeah. Here, this is the best way to do this. The house is under contract or in rehab? It's under contract. Yeah, rehab is done. Is it in rehab yet? Rehab is done. It just finished. I'm Who closing. Who the property right now? Funds. Who has funds? <laughs> ah, win! I got you. I got you. Anyways, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Birmingham. Anywho, Birmingham. I have another one under contract right now. I think it's one fifteen purchase price. So I want to acquire as many as possible to keep my capital going, like to stretch my capital as much as possible. I'm going to stick to those lower price points. Um, I have found a commercial lender that I can work with that will do 20% down payments, which is awesome. Interest is still higher. Don't care. But the, you know, the 20% down payment helps me out a ton in terms of how much cash I need to bring to closing. 
So my plan for 2021, I want to end the year at 12 to 18 houses. Some of that is going to come with cash that I earned to make acquisitions, but I also have a property that I've had for a long time. I'm going to take out a HELOC on, and I should be able to access about 100K from that. So that'll be approximately four of my 12 to 18. Amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Gabrielle is on here sticking up for you. She's mad at me. Go girls, go. Why is she mad at you? All right, let's, because uh, people think that I'm mean for giving you a hard time, but I'm just pushing you. I'm just thinking you better. Yeah. So it's my job. Just push you, you know. Uh, some questions from, from people on the live stream. Yeah. Um, do you recommend homes in vacation areas like Airbnbs or just traditional rentals? Oh, I do not recommend that your first investment property be an Airbnb. Um, I, I worked in a second home market. That's where I started my business. They can be awesome. They also have so many more repairs, like a lot. Somebody will get in your hot tub and splash water on the TV and it'll get busted. They're going to throw a party in yep. your place. They're going to bust everything. Your returns might be 30%. However, you are going to have a ton of expenses. And if you're not in the right market, you're going to bleed red during the off season. So I would not start there. I would start with long-term rentals so that you have some consistent cash flow. And then when you have a much better idea of what you're doing as an investor, then go into the short-term rental market. And when you do that, be very cautious about what market you choose. Make sure that you really know the numbers because there are going to be months where you bleed red and you have to be able to cover that. It's really good. Um, another question, why real estate investing versus traditional stock-based investment portfolio? In caveat, um, before you answer this, uh, we're not fiduciary licensed investment advisors. Right. So she's going to answer you, but don't sue her. All right. Back yeah. to you, Devin. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not an accountant. I'm not an attorney. I tell people that all day long. However, I will tell you, I do not understand anything about <clears throat> stocks, bonds, mutual funds, options. Really, any of that stuff doesn't make any sense to me at all. Um, I've invested a little bit in crypto, done a little bit of crypto trading. Most of that, I'm just holding for long term. Uh, and even that, I don't fully understand. I understand okay. things that I can touch. Let me... Let me hit it real quick. Um, real estate is an asset class just like a mutual fund can be an asset class. A, a piece of whole life insurance can be an asset class. You've got these different asset classes, and a class is basically a medium of modality. Like internet marketers, we understand mediums, modalities. Like you got Facebook, YouTube. So you got real estate. You have... Um, you know, stock picking, you've got insurance, you've got all these different things. And inside, inside of real estate, you have different mediums. And inside of the stock market, you have different stocks. My, the reason I don't have any money in the stock market, except for a little bit of Tesla, because I'm a fanboy, okay, uh, is because the betting system for stock versus the betting system for real estate, very different. The stock market betting system, in my opinion, is rigged, and it's not rigged in the favor of the investor. It's rigged in the favor of the business, 
whereas real estate tends to be rigged in favor of whoever owns the assets. So you can pick up uh, the real estate books that I wrote last Christmas. And if you want that, you need to message Devin and she can get it to you. But we go in there a little bit in detail about stock versus real estate. Why do we pick real estate? And I'm not saying that you shouldn't invest in any stocks at all. Um, if you look at the S&P 500 or any index in the United States, I mean, it's probably going to win over the long term. But I go deep into the math on why real estate is typically a better pick if, uh, if you want longevity from it. Anything you would add to that, even knowing our style and what we do? I... Well, very similar to what you were saying, I know how to control the outcome with real estate investments that I make to a degree, Yeah, you know, like you yeah. can't control a yeah. hurricane or a fire or something, but, but for the most part, like I can project what that asset is going to do for me year over year. And I have no control over stocks. Right. You know? Right. Okay. Next question. How many properties should you stack before you go looking for a short-term rental where you can enjoy a week or two while also cash flowing it? I'm going to answer this one because we have a new syndication that's coming up mm. probably January or February. So I, I pulled Devin into the office uh, a ways back and I was like, tell me what you think about this idea. I've got the math. This is a property in Turks and Caicos. Everybody, can you see this? Devin, mm. you see this? I do. The nice, beautiful, sunny. There's a pool here. It's right up on the beach. Nice crystal waters, some umbrellas. So, anyways, I, I all of these pictures to say, um, we don't we don't invest in our vacation properties in wealth cap holdings to stay there because we're really just hacking the math. Um, but this is a four million dollar property and. We're putting together a fund where you can invest into a piece of ownership on this property. And however much you invest, you get an ownership tier and then you have uh, annual usage built in. So this question, the reason I want to answer it this way is because, yeah, Brian is saying, you know, how, where, when should I invest in a, in a rental property that I can use? Pre this fund, I would say you need some consistency and longevity built up a, a nice baseline because you're going to lose some money on it. But if you look at a fund like this, which WealthCap is overseeing, managing, and uh, filling with tenants, it, I mean, the return on this year one is like 18%. And then the, the return plus equity years two through five is north of 25%. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get the same benefits as having uh, a portfolio. But because the economics, it's a five, four, five million dollar property, you're going to get a lot higher returns for the amount of money that you put into it. And then if you want to buy it, buy, like sell your portion, let's say you invest 350K into this, you own 350K of the real real estate, you can sell that for whatever your seven, eight, nine percent of the property is at the time you sell it. So I think the math on this particular property is if you sell it in two years, you're going to sell it for like 380K. If you sell it in five years, you're going to sell it for like 420K. So it just goes up and up and up. It's going to be amazing. And I don't think there's a lot of opportunities like this in the market. And Devin's smiling because she's apparently excited about it. I, I am. I'm so excited. Yeah. Well, that's what I told you when you pulled me into your office. You were like, what do you think about this? And I was like, oh, it's go time. Yeah. He was like, yeah. do you think people yeah, will go for this? Cool. And I gave you like four names. I was like, this guy, this guy, this guy, they'll all go for it. And they did. Yeah. They so we're, we're going to, 
we're gonna open we're gonna open this up in probably February. I want to do January, but I think February is more realistic because uh, it's a big. This is a big prop. This is big leagues property. This isn't like a two hundred fifty thousand dollars house in Gatlinburg that you don't want to be at. This is right on the beach, four million dollars, and so you can get access to that fractionally for way less. Uh, here's another question for you. Let's do two more questions and then I gotta go. Okay. Um, Devin, are there any new markets WealthCap is looking into entering in 2021? It's a possibility. Um, I think we we're gonna keep our our eyes open for markets where we can make the numbers work in our favor. Uh, but for you know the next couple months, we have plenty of inventory coming in the markets that we're in, and we have really strong infrastructure built. I think we'll keep our eyes open always to add more markets as we as we scale, but I wouldn't anticipate anything until maybe Q2 at the earliest. Gotcha. And then you'll love this question. Is it out of sequence to invest in properties for passive income before you own the house you're living in? No, do that first. Uh, I just signed a lease. I'm about to sign a lease on a property that I'm moving into in Franklin and I'm renting because my money goes so much farther in investment property in other markets than it will in Nashville. Can't buy a bucket of dirt in Nashville for 100K, but in Kansas City, Birmingham, you know, or 150K in Charlotte, I can get a cash flowing rental property. So I'm gonna rent where I live until I can find something where either the numbers make sense or I love it so much that I have to have it and my passive income We'll pay for it. There you go. I can't answer that any better than what you did. Thanks. All right, Devin, did I miss anything? How did I do for the first interview? Did I do pretty good? You did so good. And I loved <laughs> I loved everything that you said in the beginning. I, um, I'm so grateful to be here and to be a part of this team. I do feel like I've won the lottery in life, and I'm so excited to keep growing this business with you. Amazing. Let's rock and roll. It's going to be a good year, 2021. See you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. Discover how you can start building wealth with real estate, even without experience in our free book, Why Real Estate and How to Get Started by visiting wealthcapholdings.com slash book. That's wealthcapholdings.com slash book.